I haven't seen any text message or email as to that effect uh, when I was gone, but I miss you all. I was at the, uh, some churches, a little bigger than ours, um, but um, I, I couldn't, it was so, so little big, so I couldn't see their faces. At least I come here, I can see everyone's face. Well, that's very good. Um, as I was uh, studying for our um, um, the influential woman, and over even in the previous few weeks, I uh, come to really even more respect women. Uh, you know, as I was traveling in Korea, uh, and you were in the elevator, and then you know, you're sort of like in the beginning, you're sort of like American style. You come in the elevator, you have to exit, you just kind of wait until the ladies go out. Well, over there, they won't go out until man goes out first. So two weeks, I got used to that. I just walk in first. I walk out first, and uh, I arrived here uh, Tuesday, uh, late Tuesday last week, and then I had a reason to go down to D.C. for some business reasons, and then I was stayed down there uh, Friday night and, and Saturday morning, so I had to go to, uh, to, to, to give a message to another church down in Washington, D.C. called Shining Church, one of a few of our uh, previous members that are attending the church. I was uh, uh, surprised by that, and uh, so I was in the elevator, and then um, I was so accustomed to my two weeks in Korea. Walked in, walked out first, and the ladies were looking at me like. <laughs> so I had to uh, get readjusted to uh, the American ways, but the way in which we are supposed to respect uh, the woman in uh, in the Bible. They are just awesome. You know, we started from uh, let's say Tamar to. Uh, Rahab to Ruth and Bathsheba and Good Samaritan and more to come. And today we're going to be talking about Mary Magdalene. It's an amazing woman. I'm sure you get to know even better as I move along. So to sort of recap my summary of the uh, trip that I made to Korea, I gave this time probably, a record, I broke the record, about 16 talks. Uh, but it's interesting because I get to give different types of talks a business, project-related talks, how to do city development. How about that one, yeah? Um, and uh, then spoke to some of the business CEO forums over there. And then marketplace missionary, as you, that's probably the main reason why I went there, and mostly to uh, churches uh, in Korea. And this particular time, I spent an entire week in Busan, Korea, which is where I was basically born, in certain port city, second largest city in uh, South Korea. I gave a message to uh, Busan Church and Podowon Church. They're probably like, uh, I was told, like third or fourth largest church in uh, Busan, Korea. Still pretty big. And um, in Seoul, I spoke naturally at the uh, Sarang Church, four services in the morning, two early morning services, and during the marketplace leadership. And so it was uh, quite a quite adventure. At the same time, when I was there, I got sick. I mean, all the trips that I made in two and a half years, I never gotten sick, even lack of sleep. I was just tough, perfectly fine. And, but I did not really get sick over there. By the time I landed in Chennai for two weeks ago, and I felt some like back of my throat, a little scratchy, and I just knew something was coming down. So I took all the precaution I can, you know, drink a lot of water, drink a lot of juice, and, and all those like ginger teas and honey drink with lemons, everything they gave me, I stopped drinking it, I started to drink and took, took, took some medicines. 
but the call went out. They, I, they coughed. I continued to cough uh, profusely, and um, I didn't think one time that I could continue with uh, my uh, talk. Uh, I even went to the hospital to get special the vitamin shots and antibiotics and all that kind of good stuff. And I kept having this running nose and the coughing just would not end. It was just persisted. But you know, back of my head, saying something, some voice says, you gotta keep going. You gotta keep going. Uh, go to all the ways. So what if I cough like more of the people that I need to speak to? It stopped. I have never once coughed during that uh, time that I spoke for 16 times. Right afterwards, as soon as I left the stage, I'm just like coughing like, you know, like a machine gunner, you know. <laughs> well, one night I uh, had a chance to uh, really look at the Olympic game, especially the opening ceremony. Something about Olympic. I, I make sure, just like... We make sure we dedicate some time to watch football, which I did, by the way. Uh, Monday, 8.30 in the morning, which was a Sunday, 8.30 for you guys here. So I was in my hotel room watching the whole three hours by myself. I couldn't find anybody that I can watch it together. So I didn't go off too far, but I uh, was uh, excited to watch that. But a few days later, I got to see this Olympic uh, ceremony. It was just amazing. When I saw this, um, this athletes, just hundreds of them marching towards the stadium, waving their hands and cheering, everybody else cheering, um, just realizing that must be the highlight of their life. It's not just about winning the medal next few days or trying to win the medal next few days, but just being able to enter sort of like a qualify to enter into the stadium when everybody, the whole world is watching on them, just walking down that stadium. It was probably just one amazing uh, scene, thinking, everybody was thinking, wow, wish I could be there. Wish I could be you know, entering in that stadium for whatever capacity. Soon as you think about that, your mind begins to ponder into saying like, think about all the things that may have happened behind the scene. Think about how every single one of them must, must have faced big and life-size struggles and uh, challenges. I'm sure every single one of them thought about giving up. Not once, not twice, many, many Times. I bet every single one of them cried how difficult, challenging it is to persist, to be disciplined in the way in which they had to pursue their lives. But I'm sure there was a small voice inside of them, just a small, not too loud, just a small voice continuing to echo into their hearts saying, Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep going. Go to the finish line. Go to the end. And I'm sure all their friends and family members, and especially the coaches, encouraging them to say, keep going, keep going until you go to the finish line. We all have that person 
right now telling every single one of us to go to the finish line. And that person is our Lord Jesus Christ, encouraging us, keep going and keep going. Now, when I think about Mary Madeline, I am reminded that she is one of the very, one of the person who went all the way with Jesus to the finish line, never denying Jesus, all the way to the cross, right to the foot of the cross. And not only that, just each, as she was going to the finish line, watching and witnessing the all that Jesus went through and endured. She was the only one. So, who was Mary Madeline? Well, not much is known about her. She was a Jewish lady, for sure. We don't know about her parents, where she's from. We don't even know her age. We don't know her marital status. But one thing we do know is that she was free to follow Jesus in his journey. The name Mary is a very common name in New Testament during those days. That's why you see in the Bible the name Mary quite a bit. Her name, Madeline, in Hebrew means power, fortress. Aramaic means elevated, great, and magnificent. Other interpretation is that Mary was called Magdalene because of her stature in faith, because she had like tower-like faith. Others are saying that she is probably from the place called Magdala. It's just the interpretation at this time. And yet, Mary Magdalene witnessed the most of the events surrounding the crucifixion. She was present at the trial of Jesus. She heard Pontius Pilate pronounce the death sentence to Jesus. She saw Jesus beaten and humiliated by the crowd. She witnessed the torture and pain from every lash and excruciating torture of nail penetrating the hands and feet of Jesus. She was there until the end until Jesus took the last breath. Now from her conversion to following all the way to the cross and experiencing the agony of torture on the cross, then to the disappointment in seeing empty tomb, then finally witnessing the resurrected body of Christ, her name, Mary Magdalene was mentioned more than any other woman in the Bible. Within the four Gospels, her name is mentioned 14 times more than anybody else, even the disciples. Now in the beginning, 
when she was first introduced in the Bible, she goes through this transformation. She was introduced to us in the Bible as someone who was possessed by the evil spirit. Luke chapter 8, verse 1 through 3. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The 12, the 12 disciples were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirit and diseases. Mary, called Madeline, was one of them from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women, these women were helping to support them out of their own means. I don't know how often you read this Bible verse, but this woman, the woman who were once possessed by the evil spirit and who were sick, they were supporting, they were together, working together, following Christ together, they were supporting those 12 disciples in Jesus. I suppose that's why many of the churches have a, a group called Women Auxiliary. I know it's not common these days, but back 20, 30, 40 years ago when I was to go to church here, there's always Women's Auxiliary. They are the prayer warriors of the church. They carry, they support the ministry. Mary Madeline was there when Jesus was crucified. And after the crucifixion, she searched for him, but only found the empty tomb. John 20, verse 10 through 18, after the crucifixion, then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And she wept. She bent over, looked into the tomb, and saw two angels in the white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. Then they asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they had put him. At this, she turned and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. She was there at the tomb, looking for Jesus. No one else bothered to look at, to look for Jesus, but she did. And she was the first one to see resurrected body of Jesus. Continuing with the verse 15, woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you haven't carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned around towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Roboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead. To my brothers and tell them I am returning to my father and your father to my God and your God 
Think about this. All the people, of all the people that followed Jesus, at the end, it was only Mary Magdalene. Who was there to see that our Lord Jesus Christ was resurrected firsthand? And then she was the one who went on to testify, to bring the good news, to testify the resurrection of Jesus. This is very significant. This is not just a messenger. This is very significant. Verse 18, Mary Madeline went to the disciples with this news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is significant. This is amazing. Mary was the first to see Jesus. That fact alone is very, very significant. In fact, in the book of Mark, it says that Jesus actually appeared. It wasn't that just Mary Madeline was looking for Jesus. Jesus actually appeared before Mary, before anybody else. Very, very significant. In total to inform the others. Jesus could have appeared before disciples first, but he didn't. Appear before Mary Madeline first to inform the others of the good news that he is risen, that it was the whatever, all that was foretold and prophesied in the Old Testament, the son will be given and that the government will be on his shoulder and that this person, this son will be resurrected in three days will come to fruition. And this is totally remarkable that Jesus would appear to Madeline first, even before his mom, even before his disciples. This makes, to make analogy with Olympics, this makes her the last torch bearer who light the torch, the flame of his glory through his resurrection. When you light, in effort to light the Olympic uh, flames, every four years, or every two years now, between summer and winter, Olympic torch relay begins from Greece. Something that occurred a long time ago, a tradition that started in Greece. About 110 days prior to the game, they began this Olympic torch relay. It begins with a ceremony. 110 days before the game, a ceremony in Greece, lighting that torch and then carrying on to people, torch bearers, until it reaches the destination of that particular year's game. It involves, as I studied, from Greece to come to, come to uh, Seoul, it's Pyeongchang, Korea, 7,500 torchbearers are carrying that torch. Can you imagine? 7,500. Just think about the, someone who had to coordinate all this 
from the Greece all the way down to Pyeongchang, Korea. And when they arrived in the peninsula, I looked at the map, they actually visited just about every city in, 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 in South Korea. Running, every city, every basically highways until they reach Olympic Stadium. And the person who is going to carry the torch, the last, it's always kept confidential. This year, nobody knew. Everybody was saying, who, is, who gets the honor of carrying this 2018 Olympic, the torch to lit the Olympic flame? And as the last torch walked up to that place where they are about to lit the Olympic torch, there emerged this girl named Yuna Kim the queen of ice skating. And it seemed as if everyone was in agreement she was the right person to carry the torch, the last, and to be able to light the Olympic flame. In the same light, if you look at the Bible, there is lineage of Jesus that we study through the woman of the Bible. From Tamar that we studied to Rahab to Ruth, Bathsheba, there's lineage. Continuation of the bloodline that resulted in the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. So many, many torchbearers were bearing Christ's name, even in the Old Testament, into New Testament. And I suppose it's very appropriate. The last torchbearer, before lighting that flame of glory, would be Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was not in the lineage of Jesus. But it's extremely significant for all of us. All the women of the Bible that we've been studying, they were in the lineage, the bloodline, the actual bloodline of Jesus. But the last torchbearer, the last person to carry that, that, that torch for lighting that good news, I believe is Mary Magdalene. She is the one who lit the flame. She is the one who was commissioned by Jesus to inform of his resurrection. She gets to carry the torch, the light. She was at the last relay for Jesus. She got the honor of lighting the flame of that good news. And the fact that Mary Madeline 
It's not in the lineage of Jesus. It's significant in this case for all of us. It symbolizes that even though we are not physically in the lineage, bloodline lineage of Jesus, because of his grace, now we are linked to his lineage. Mary Madeline makes it happen for all of us. That's hope for you and I. On that slide, you see all the women of the Bible that we studied. They were in line, bloodline of Jesus. Lower right is Mary Madeline carrying the last torch to be able to light that flame of good news. Before good news was anticipated, after his resurrection, now the good news has been sealed with God's grace. It's been sealed with, now with his blood, so therefore we now carry his blood. Mary Madeline made it so. So what can we learn from this? Here's the summary. God uses every sinner for his work. God uses prostitutes, diseased one, possessed one, once possessed one, even the sick ones. And most importantly, God uses women for his ministry. So you better let the ladies go out of the elevator first. What can we learn? She was with Jesus daily. Coming to Sunday once a week is not good enough, folks. Mary Madeline was with Jesus daily. Second, she got involved. She got involved. She got engaged. She didn't just follow. She got involved. She never said, I don't have the time. And the timing is right. I will do it. No, she followed. She got involved. Third, she supported Jesus' ministry. Remember the first verse that we read? Out of her means, she supported the whole entire disciples and Jesus. Not alone, but together. She stayed in fellowship with others together. She did not do it alone. She went with the others in supporting disciples in Jesus. Fifth, she never went back. She didn't go back to herself or self. She left behind everything that of the past. Even when it all seemed to have been lost when Jesus died, it was her who still had a faith in Jesus and still stayed with 
Christ in heart and went to tomb to look for him. She stayed until the end, until his last breath and until he was resurrected. And therefore, Christ appeared to her first. So let us all now be able to go to the end, go to the finish line. Let us all now carry the torch. Let us be the torch bearer that we can continue to uh, light the flame of God's glory until the finish line. Realizing that Mary Madeline, who was once a low life, she is the one who carried the torch to light the message of the good news, confirming us that we are now in his lineage. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much.